Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, parents, welcome to another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. I'm Tim Wright. I'm your host for this podcast, along with the expert, Dr. Michael Gurian, mm. coming to us live and in person from Spokane, Washington. Michael, it's good to have you with us, as always. Great to be with you. The expert. I better live up yeah. to that. <laughs> I think you will today. You're going to earn your keep today with today's okay. question. Um <laughs> So we, we uh, have been pulling some of these questions lately from our Facebook group page, Wonder of Parenting. And if you're not a part of the group, I really encourage you to join us there. It's one, you just go to Facebook, and then you do a search for Wonder of Parenting. Hit join, and then I'll let you in. And we have over 1,000 parents now. And uh, every time a question is posted, other parents have a chance to chime in and say, yeah, I'm going through the same thing, or here's what we've tried, or have you thought about? And as Michael said on the last podcast, there's so much wisdom Mm. uh, being shared on that Wonder of Parenting group page. So we'd love to have you join us for that. And uh, I'm going to share with you a a couple questions or a question and response from that page here in a moment. Uh, We always want to say thanks to our sponsors because it's our sponsors who make it possible for us to come to you free of charge. And one of our sponsors is Dr. Greg Jantz. He's been with us almost since the beginning. He's a good friend of Michael's and mine and a great author, uh, a great human being, and uh, he really knows his stuff when it comes to helping people in a lot of areas. His clinic is called uh, the Center of Place of Hope. They're up in the Seattle area. And uh, Greg not only has, as I mentioned, a lot of great resources that he's published, but they've got a great clinic. If you ever need extra help for you or a family member, you can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And along with them is the Forge School, and Michael's been working with them now for several months. Michael, what's uh, what's the latest? Yeah, the Forge School, I was... Uh... Just there in in August, uh, working with them, just incredible staff. It's residential treatment uh, for boys 14 to 17 years old. So these are going to be boys who are having issues and need extra help. Um, uh, It's in rural Tennessee on 55 acres, wonderful facility, um, uh, river right there, adventure therapy. um, and, And they have a kind of a unique... They call it building maverick joy. I really like that huh. saying. Yeah, it's uh, they're 
they're obviously it's residential treatment, so they're working with the boys and what the issues are the boys have, and and they're kind of focused on joy. You know, they really want to help boys get back their joy, and they they're very boy friendly. And the reason, so I've been consulting now with them for almost a year um, to help them be very boy friendly, and they really are. It is a unique place, the Forge School. So if you go to wonderofparenting.com, you can click the Forge link, and there they are. All right, I just I just have my takeaway, Maverick Joy. That is that's a, just a wonderful phrase. Wow. It is a neat phrase, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good for them. So our our theme today is what do you do when your kids are in friendship relationships and suddenly threes a crowd and you got kids who want to uh you know sort of isolate one over some of the other. And here's how this particular uh question came to be posted on our Wonder of Parenting Facebook group. Uh, someone took a question from a friend of hers and posted it on that friend's behalf and uh, put the question out. We had a lot of responses to this. So I'm going to read the initial question and one of the responses. And um, basically what we're talking about today is navigating relationships for our, our kids. Um, and so here's the original question. Okay, I need some help with some new territory for me. We moved to a new neighborhood where my six-year-old daughter has made several friends very quickly. But she and one friend in particular have bonded very quickly. And I'd say they prefer to play with each other over everyone else. There are beginning to be hurt feelings when these two girls want to play by themselves. I'd like to stay friends with these girls' moms, and I'd like it if my daughter didn't hurt the feelings of all the other girls in the neighborhood. Like today, my girl, her favorite friend, and another friend were playing. Eventually, after hours of playing, they wanted to play alone, so told that that third friend to go home so they could play alone. Hurt feelings ensued, and when the third girl came back to my house to ask why they don't want to play with her, I could tell her mom was clearly very disappointed, though she was nice about it. I've never been good at dealing with this. What on earth now? Um, Okay, so that's the first one, and that's about girls, and uh, I chose this follow-up because it's more about boys. I have seen this same same or similar situation happen in my son's friend group. The playdates mostly occur at our friend's home, as she has five-year-old triplets, wow, that my son plays with. We have pretty much said no exclusions. You need to figure out a way to include everyone and framed it as a creativity challenge. But after reading the responses on this post, I'm curious what the brain parents would say in these situations. So, um, Michael, I'm guessing that this is not an uncommon experience for kids or adults, but what are your initial impressions? Yeah, if there's any parent on earth that doesn't go through this, you know, I would I would be shocked, and that's why it's so beautiful that that people are bringing this up because it's it's a universal experience, and it's a we are torn as parents, I think, between between sort of two pro-social urges. Um, on the one hand, we love that our child has a best friend. And and it's very pro-social to have a best friend. It's very it's, it builds social emotional social emotionals in a child. It's it's really healthy, right, for a child to have a best friend, and we we want to promote that. So that dyad is important. And then we have the other pro-social urge, right, which is we want uh, our children to play in groups, and we want every, our children to learn how to include everyone in the group. And um and they're they're both really good urges. So. Uh, for us as parents, um, so I think, I think in cases like this, like the case of the, the girl, who, has a best friend, um, 
there is a practical strategy here. Um, set a limit, set a time limit on the pack play, and and that time limit is is preset. Um, because in that one, you know, she said they played together for hours, but then, right, the two best friends wanted to play together. Right. Uh, I, I've just paraphrased that, but I think that's yep. really close. Um, well, there's actually nothing wrong with that. I mean, that both pro-social urges are, are satisfied there. The child gets to play with the best friend, but meanwhile, the child's playing in a pack for a period of time. And so don't have there do not have to be hurt feelings there if the parents just kind of set limits and so you're, you're everyone's going to play together and they're everyone's going to play together from oh, let's say it's a weekend day everyone's going to play together from 12 to 3 and then at 3 um you know uh, one can be subtle don't have to say anything one can just say that play is ending at 3 and then the parents can talk together and they can know what this is all about and uh the kids don't have to have hurt feelings because it was preset um and the kids that go and play with others go play with others, and the two best friends get to play, um, right? Because there's nothing wrong with the two best friends wanting to play together and and not wanting to include others. So, I think that's the concrete way to handle that. Uh, did, that was kind of convoluted, but did it make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking of um, in in this case, you know, it's three, right? And that that always sort of seems to be the awkward. Uh, number and I noticed this even when uh, I was dating Jan and there was just something about you know four or five girls would work but three always seemed to be somewhat difficult for right. some of them um, so you know the, the concern here for the mom is all right these three girls played together now playtime is over for the three of them the, the odd person out has to go home and is wondering well why are they why are they still playing so um I think what what well that can be handled subtly though because right. it's been set up. This is going to be these three hours, and and uh, and then the mom picks up the third child, and she sets another date for the third child. Uh, right, that child can yep. go play with someone else. Right, it's not. It's yep. so it's not about being excluded. It's oh well now you you are going to go to another opportunity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, right. So everybody knows. Yes, and I th- that's what you're saying is make it clear, um, you know, so that the the third girl, for example, knows. Oh yeah, I'm I'm leaving now because I'm going to go play with my other friends or whatever my or because mom and dad are taking me to a movie or whatever it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It could be. Oh, this is our movie time, and then yeah. we go to a movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't think it's. Um, 
Well, first of all, that pro-social urge is very functional and a beautiful urge to be saying to kids, you need to all play together. Right. That's right. correct. That really is correct. Absolutely. That's that's the way to go. But then we kind of become scientists of our children, right? And we observe what are they what are their urges and what are they learning from following those urges? And we do this with siblings. We have let's say that I had five children. Um uh, so I'm going to pick five. We're kind of like, well, y'all ought to go play together, right? That's that's what we say to them. Go entertain yourselves and go play together. But then we know that each of them is an individual, and then they gradually gravitate toward one of the other siblings, and they're not wanting to play with this one as much. And so then we make play dates for this sibling with other kids because because, in fact, all five of these kids are not going to spend their childhoods playing together. They're going to diversify and um, they're going to form best friends relationships. And even I, who had two, you and I both had two kids. Uh, I'll speak for when I had my two daughters and we definitely, you know, told them they had to play together and they often did and were great, but they diversified. You know, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't realistic that they were going to every moment want to play together. So then they would play with other people. And, and then if there was, if one of them had a friend over, this is to your threesomes, um, you know, what we call a triad, if one of them had a friend over, they would play for a while together. And then the one who wasn't friends, you know, would go to her room because it just was very clear in that, in the, yeah. the pack and the way the pack was working that, well, you know, this is really Davida's friend. So I'm going to go and maybe I'm going to go call my friend. This would be Gabrielle and I'm going to go play with my friend. So... What I'm trying to say is I don't think we should force our ch our children to play in the pack, even the triad, the three. I don't think we should force them to do that for hours and hours and hours at a time if it feels artificial to them because I just think they're going to resent, you know, mm. the one that they're forced to play with. And it's mm -hmm. and and we're not in a way following this child where or nurturing the nature of this child because the child who has the best friend you know, it's getting a lot of nurturing there and a lot of social emotional development. So I don't really think it's it's right to hold the standard that, you know, for five hours, everyone is going to play together. Mm -hmm. That's our standard. Uh, I think we can modify it. And so therefore, we set the, the time limits. Um, uh, and and every parent has been through the 10 or 15 years of explaining to their child who gets the feelings hurt, right? Every mm -hmm. parent has been through this. Um, yeah, absolutely. This happens. I mean, it, it is it is painful, and let's let's go to a movie, like you said, or let's let's call your friend so and so. Um, let's make sure you always have another friend because being a third wheel is really difficult, and you are going to get ostracized, and then the ostracization can happen, especially if the resentment develops. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so there's there is no easy solution to this because this is part of their social emotional development and the hurt is part of how they build resilience, how they build boundaries, how they, that third wheel, how that third wheel learns to take care of herself and go call someone else. You know, all of that problem solving, that's also being learned from the pain of being the third wheel. Hmm. That's, that's very good. I, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like for this mom, uh, one of the things she's trying to say is, I don't want my daughter to be that kind of girl, right? Mm -hmm. Who just is kind of mean. And I, you know, what you're saying is her daughter isn't being mean. There's just this natural desire at that moment for her now to want to spend some time with her best friend, 
which is understandable. And who knows, you know, in, in the way kids' relationships work, it could be that the third wheel now becomes the best friend and the best friend is the third wheel for a while. It, oh, those yeah. Are, you know, the ebbs and flows of relationships. But I, I think that uh, one of the takeaways here is, again, to be strategic about it and to understand it and to create really good boundaries that can protect uh, kids' feelings um, and I, I love that idea. Say, hey, you know, we're going to play three hours. All three of you come on over, have some fun. And um, and then that's it. And then people either go their own way or the one person heads off into something else and to work with the parents on it. Right. Um, and, yeah. and include other parents. That sounds like it's really important. Maybe not always easy to do, but it sounds like it's really important to say to the the other parents, these are the boundaries we're going to create. We're going to get them together for three hours. And then after three hours, uh, this is the next thing that's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, and I think if people think if people think historically, um, you know, I love to look back anthropologically at our past and sort of how human nature develops and has developed over the last million years. And if people could go back a hundred years, I think they'd see that that what would ha- what their great grandparents, let's say, did with their kids was the kids would all go play, and th- and then they some child would definitely come back to the parents and say you know they're leaving me out right like this is not a new thing this has gone on since the beginning of human development and that parent uh that parent could have the response of oh well uh, uh, you know i'm sorry you know your feelings are hurt you know sort of so what because people were much more brutal i think 100 years <laughs> yeah. ago you know yeah. but yeah. but let's say the parents said yep yep that hurt your feelings okay so now now what are you going to do mm. and okay are you going to go play alone and and by the way let's remember there is nothing bad about playing alone incredible amount of great brain stuff happens when playing alone are you going to go play alone and then get bored um, well guess what a lot of great brain stuff happens when kids are bored so, so, so far now there's no negative on this. Playing alone, there's not a negative. Getting, being bored is not a negative. Uh, or are you going to go over and go to your cousin's house and maybe go play with them down the street, you know? Okay, there's an option. Um, and then the child will find, you know, an option. And none of the options are bad, right? Um, uh, none, none of those options of being of being bored, of being... Uh, of playing with someone else. None of them are actually bad options. They all are fine options. We just are saying to this child, we're just doing more now in 2021 as parents than we did in 1921 to try to protect the feelings of this third wheel, right? To say, we're really sad that you're hurt. And that's sweet that we're doing that. It's really, I think it's wonderful that we're doing it. Um, But those other kids do have their rights, right? To play with mm-hmm. who they want to. So, so we, we need to help them through the hurt and then move it over to problem solving for them. Um, because those are boundaries that they are learning. And those other two kids, um, yeah. And in, in fact, moving to the, you know, the mom, the boys who's seven and four, I mean, similarly, right they're um, I'm sorry, that the, the triplets, sorry, the five-year-olds, yep. Yep. They, they, the play dates occur where there are triplets, right. And the mm-hmm. son plays and, and all of that, and they she's formed it as a creativity challenge, which is great. She's she's wonderful, um, and right, and at the same time, at some point, uh, it's not going to work. They're going to want to diversify mm-hmm. and bond with who they bond with, and play for that time for who they're going to play with. And it's not wrong. They're not doing anything wrong. It's just part of development. 
Um, so I, I think that kind of maybe broader picture, I hope that's helpful yeah. so that parents don't feel like, well, I'm doing something wrong as a parent if I don't get those kids to always play with each other. Mm-hmm. No, you're not doing anything wrong as a parent. The kids are nurturing their own nature. They're following their nature. Uh, there are absolutely mean kids, right? Yes, those mean kids exist. And when those kids do something mean, then what we do is we target what they did or said that was mean. But wanting to play with a best friend or or now not wanting to play with my child, like have played with my child for two or three hours, now I don't really want to play with this other child. That in itself is not mean. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. That's not wrong, I guess is my message. Right, right. Yeah, that is re- that's really helpful. And I, I know I'm going to be re- repeating now what you said, but it, it's so eye-opening to give our kids permission to build relationships as their nature seems to want to build relationships and recognizing that there are ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. that there are times when... Because so, some kids will always want to play in a pack, right? <laughs> that's just the way they're wired. The more, the mm-hmm. merrier. It's always a party. And then there are some kids, uh, I look at my oldest granddaughter, um, who's been isolated really from COVID. She's been homeschooling and they really haven't had contact with anybody. And she just now got a best friend and, um, you know, they've almost glommed onto each other. Hmm. Um, but they, but their, their, their personalities are, they don't need a lot of friends just to have the one friend is enough for them. And so it's really understanding partly how your child works, um, and and the other thing that I heard you say, because I my heart, as yours does, goes out to the third wheel, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I've been and, the third wheel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have. And 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 um, you know the to be proactive to say, okay, you know, this is what you're feeling, and so on and so forth. But what can we do about it now? What are some other things that we can do? Or do you have another friend you can call? Is there another activity? All of that. I think is what you're saying is is your big word. We're building resilience in our kids because this is the way relationships are going to be the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like this stops uh, and suddenly everyone loves us and plays with us at 15 or at 25, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. This, this is uh, how packs work and how relationships work. They do ebb and flow, as you said, and they, and we, we, have to do we have to learn as individuals to do what it takes to keep that relationship going right and Mm -hmm. and then we also have to learn as individuals if we've done too much and that's a boundary when have i done Mm -hmm. too much to keep that friendship going and that other person never reciprocates well okay then 
it's time for me to not be involved with that other person. I'm not really getting fed there. And all of those things that are what we call social emotional development, mm. boundary setting, um, learning how to do friendships, you know, however people categorize that, all that is the subtle stuff going on in, in the dynamic of say the three, um, in the dynamic of the person who already has identified the best friend. So, and who is generously, <laughs> you know, probably feels like she's generously playing with this other person for three or four hours because she really just wants to be with her best friend, you know? Um, and then the third wheel just learns so much from that. And, um, and that, and that's why I, I want to take the pain off of the parents. Um, not to, uh, the kids are going to suffer. They are going to suffer. We're going to do everything we can to protect them as these parents are doing and they're doing great. Um, but the kids are going to suffer and that suffering of theirs is not a flaw in us and it is not a flaw in them or a flaw in their their friends. Like there's no flaw here. It's human development and it's problem solving and learning. And I hope that helps us because then we can really look at targeting meanness, what's mm -hmm. actually bullying, mm -hmm. which in this case, none of this was actually bullying, right? Then right. we can go, okay, we're gonna really target when someone ostracizes my kid or my kid ostracizes another kid in, in a kind of a power over bullying thing and and does it in a power over mean way. Like you're ugly and that's why I don't play with you, right? That's what we want to target because that's where there's some danger yep. to the self-development of my child. This other child said, you're ugly, you're fat, I won't play with you. That we have to target. Um, right. But we don't have to get mad at some kid because they are not going to play with our kid. Yeah, so in a, in a sense, it's uh, these friendships are helping our, our kids sort of discover who they are as human beings, what their relational capital is, for lack of a better word. And um, again, I, I'll come back to this word resilience because it's such a big one for you. Resilience is built in the heat sometimes of hurt and pain, right? It, resilience isn't built when it's easy. Uh, it's, it's those moments of a seeming rejection, confusion. Those are the moments where our resilience is built. Mm -hmm. Well, that's absolutely true. It, it's we just by telling a kid to be resilient, right? That's not how they yeah, learn to be right. resilient. They be they're resilient because they face obstacles, adversity, even some trauma, and they they uh, pick themselves up. They develop the skills, right, with our help also to pick themselves up, to redirect, to learn what to do, to not take it personally. I mean, that is probably one of the most important resilience skills that we need our children to go into adulthood with is not taking things personally. Mm, mm. Uh, we just, I mean, look at the adult world right now. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone yep. takes everything personally. And, yep. you know, I mean, it's it, it's just immature. Um, uh, we need to be adults. And we our kids can start, you know, really learning how to be adults. Uh, as you as you're saying through these relationships they're it's they're practicing and they're they're also really practicing for marriage because in marriage oh my gosh you cannot take things personally you know right you right. just i mean there's so many times when your spouse is stressed and snaps at you or whatever or i've done it with my spouse obviously you know all of us do it and and if if we all took all that personally i mean where where would our resilience be how would we keep our relationships going um we we have to practice this as children and so this is this is what they're doing and often when we talk about 
girls and mean girls and girl drama, you know, those those things that are cliches, but we all know what they mean. Part of what we're talking about, a part of my message, as you know, when I when I speak and when I coach and train folks, is that that girls are actually building resilience in each other hmm. and setting boundaries and forcing each other to have boundaries when they do some of these things with each other, where they create these dramas out of vapor. You know, the parent is looking at this and going, why did you have a drama about that? That's like nothing. But what they, you know, she rolled her eyes at you and you had a whole two weeks drama about she rolled her eyes at you. But what they are doing is, um, um, uh, again, we don't want them to bully, but what they are doing in these normal kind of aggression, you know, relational aggression things is they're pushing and pulling and helping each other build boundaries and helping each other build a self and helping each other be resilient. And so that the other, you know, learns how to say, well, no. I'm not I'm not worrying about that. You know, that was nothing. Or no, I'm not engaging in that. I have boundaries. Um or no, you know, you don't have power over me. I have boundaries. Well, a lot of that is it has to be learned experientially. No one can tell a child that. They've got to learn it experientially. Right. So how's this? Hardship produces maverick joy. Well, there you go. Oh, I love it. I'm going to call you should call the forge people. Yeah. I like it. Can we steal that? Uh, hardship produces maverick joy. There you go. Yep. Let's let's uh, let's copyright that. Can we do that? Um, I bet they have the maverick joy somewhere, <laughs> but but, but I like too. it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you. This is again so helpful. Uh, it it uh, I think what it does. You're right. It, it alleviates some of the stress from parents. It um, helps us to see that what's going on, uh, as long as it's within boundaries, is, is good, healthy, normal. It's building resilience in our boys and our girls. And they're just going to have to learn how to navigate this stuff because uh, it, it's like this all the time when they go off to college, when they're in the job market, socializing with friends. It's always there. So we want them to learn uh, how to be good, productive adults, resilient adults, and feel good about their core self. And I, I think you've you've covered all of that for us really well yeah. so thank you oh you're welcome the only only additional thing i would say is if if in all of this you you listening you as a parent have a child who you know becomes significantly depressed mm-hmm. who you think is like becoming yeah. clinically depressed um because of a particular rejection you know like it, in adolescence, a boyfriend, girlfriend, right? They break up. That's a rejection that can create depression. But even in the younger years, if you think your child is becoming depressed because your child's always the third wheel, is never liked, and has no friends, that, I yeah, I would definitely take that seriously and try to get help for that depression. So I did want to add that because, yep. you know, these kids, this is not causing depression. But if, if depression is being caused, that's a, that's clinical. Right, right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with you next time. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.